Welcome to the What Your Friends Know podcast. This is the first time I'm video recording and also recording in the studio. So if you're watching, then hi. If you're just listening, then I hope this is something that you're going to really enjoy. I've been thinking about it for a while, um, probably over a year now. Um, so I stopped drinking in the end of 2021 and I had a lot of really positive effects from it. And I don't, I don't, I don't want this to be me telling you to stop drinking or that alcohol is the devil or whatever. It's not what I intend it to be at all because I think that there's a place for alcohol in society and I think that it's always going to be there. Um, and I hope that this just serves as sort of a reminder that I think it's it's easy to forget that you actually have a choice whether you can drink or not, I think. In our, like, especially how I felt, I thought that I really didn't have a choice and that it was sort of the way of life and you drink on the weekends and it's sort of this cornerstone of, you know, being a young person. I don't think I'm using that term right. Um, but, yeah, I just had a really, really positive experience that the one year of not drinking. So it was 2022 that I, for the length of that year, I didn't drink. And a lot of people asking me about it um and a lot of people were a lot more intrigued by it um than I expected I think because just super easy to fall into an unhealthy relationship with alcohol and it can affect so many different areas of your life if you are in an if you do have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol um and disclaimer if you think you have a serious problem then seek professional help this is not I'm not a doctor um, definitely not an alcohol specialist. I'm just someone who didn't drink for a year and has has had really positive effects and I really just wanted to share because um, I think that would really help people and I think this is what I wanted to hear a year ago. If someone had sat me down and told me that these are the effects I would have had, this is how my life would have been affected positively by cutting out alcohol, I would have, it would have been really helpful, I think. Um, I'll explain in a bit. I'll go into detail about, you know, the first few months of not drinking. But I think that that was, this would have been what I wanted to hear. So I'm just trying to provide that for whoever's interested. But I will start on how I became, the term is sober curious. And I've never referred to myself as having using that term, but I think it's a good way of putting it because I think that going from zero to cutting out alcohol is a bit intimidating. Um... And so that concept of sober curious is, if you're not aware, is um, just having an interest in possibly leading a life that where you consume less alcohol um, and asking questions, probably doing some research, imagining what your life would look like if you were to stop drinking. Um, I think it can be pretty scary because alcohol is such a significant place in social settings and I think a lot of people have grown accustomed to having that having alcohol as a crutch um I certainly did um even from a young age but I, th I think I'll start at the very beginning so I only became started drinking when I was like 17 um and the legal age is 18 we can f sit here and talk about that but I think it's fairly common in New Zealand and Australia which is where I was raised to start drinking at a younger age than is legal and it was never anything crazy I did a lot of sport at the time and so I understood the effect that drinking on every weekend would have on my performance 
So then, but then it meant when I started drinking, I sort of went, stepped into this world that people were already really familiar with. You know, I wasn't familiar with being drunk at parties, you know, and people had been doing that for a few years and um, were a lot more comfortable, could handle their alcohol better. Because um, I think when you're young, you get really excited when you get drink alcohol for the first time. It's so exciting. You feel so old and you're so, like, desperate to feel old when you're young. It's such a big part of um, social occasions when you're younger and when especially when you're first 18 so it's completely understandable to sort of have to find your feet make mistakes and um, figure out how to handle alcohol and so then when I went to university it was even more so you know you're not living in a family home you're you're away in halls of residence or flatting and um, there's no barriers you know usually there was you couldn't come home drunk or you, you had to have a curfew or, you know, however your parents sort of managed your alcohol consumption in that way. You know, they would buy your alcohol and then you couldn't buy large quantities of it. And then when you're in university, you don't really have those barriers. So it's completely normal to want to push beyond what you're usually, what you're usually accustomed to. Again, I think that that's also being young. You can't exactly blame alcohol for all of that. But I think that um, what I personally started to notice is that I sort of may was, was associating being young and free with this new ability to drink whenever and how much I wanted, basically. Um, and I know I wasn't, you know, that's also the the environment that you're in, you know, at university, that's very, it's very common to feel that way and to be pushing your boundaries in that way, pushing boundaries in that way. Another aspect of it is is parties. So like when you're young, you watch movies and you listen to music and it's all about like partying and going until you're like going all night and not sleeping, whatever. And that's so exciting. And then when you're young, you want to live up to that and you go to parties and you get drunk and you stay up all night and that's exciting. But then I found that towards the end of university I realized that it wasn't the it wasn't really the parties itself that I enjoyed that much it was actually the fact that um I could go out on nights out and you have this like film over everything everything seems more exciting you know you're so carefree you're so relaxed um and for someone I was you know during a fairly difficult degree, like having those ta- that time on the weekend to relax and unwind was, I didn't realise how important it was to actually staying level-headed throughout the week. And I noticed that towards, towards the end of university, I was like, okay, this is, <clears throat> I'm like living for the weekends to be able to get through these work, these hard study days. Or I'm, you know, I'm starting to drink earlier in the week because I need that incentive to get through the the days of study and I think that um yeah I just I guess I started to become conscious of how unhealthy that was and how it's not going to be sustainable once I leave university and so I want to nail it on the head and actually like address it um while I'm still at university there's this concept in the subtle art of not giving a fuck that that book by Mark Manson which I love and it's on page 193 in case you want to have a little reference point but it's called and he comes up with this idea of Manson's law of avoidance and I've written some notes on it because I know I forget it 
But he says, the more something threatens your identity, the more you will avoid it. And so I think that I didn't want to stop drinking on the weekends and going out to parties and everything because I associated so much of my identity with it. I think I've always been pretty socially anxious. I would get really, really anxious in social situations, um, especially at parties. And alcohol had always been that crutch for me. I, you know, when you're drunk, you're not conscious of the fact that there's 100 people in the room um, and that sometimes you could be like the center of attention, you know, unwillingly or, you know, that's what your anxiety, if anyone's ever experienced anxiety, that's kind of what your brain tells you that at any given moment, everyone's just going to stop what they're doing and just turn and look at you and be like, oh, she's so, I don't know, ugly or weird or why is she here or whatever. That's how I felt in so social situations. And so drinking was like numb that I did not even think of that at all. And so I had this identity of <clears throat> within myself that I could go out on the weekends and from Friday to when, whenever I was drunk at parties, I wasn't anxious. I was like outgoing, you know, when you're at parties, you see everyone, everyone's excited to see you because they're also drunk and conversations you think you're so funny because everyone's drunk and you're laughing and um, you think you're having the best time. And, and honestly, sometimes you are having a great time, but I think a lot of it is the fact that you're drunk, they're drunk. Your interactions have this extra level of like, it's all, everyone loves everyone and it's all going to be okay. And someone with anxiety, that's the dream, you know, knowing that worst comes to worst, tomorrow morning people might not even remember that embarrassing thing you did. Or at the time I was able to be this person, this version of myself that I loved. Um, I wasn't anxious. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't stressed out. I, you know, I was sociable. People you know, love, you feel like people love you when you're, when you're at, at a party, you know, like you think you're funny, you think you look good because you're drunk and you look in the mirror and you think you look good and everyone else looks good. And I think I wasn't ready to give up that part of myself because it threatened my identity. And that sort of goes back to that Manson's law of avoidance. And so I didn't want to lose that part of myself. You know, I didn't want to lose that <clears throat> two days out of the week when I was this like super outgoing, carefree girl that didn't have anxiety. And that's what I started to realize towards the end of university. I was like, this isn't, you know, there's a reason why I enjoy going out on weekends so much. I haven't got as pure intentions as I once thought. You know, it's not just so I can hang out with my friends and meet people and whatever. It was actually because I, I loved the version of myself when I wasn't anxious. I wasn't stressed out like that. And that was really confronting I thought I was like I loved going to parties I loved seeing people and everything like that and then the reality was that like I don't actually like parties that much I just like not being myself I like switching off my brain and not having this like to deal with something that I dealt with Monday to Friday you know anxiety is something that I dealt with you know on the hour basically throughout the day Monday to Friday and then I just didn't have it on the weekends Another thing is that I inherently a very envious or a jealous person. Like I will see someone doing something or living their life in a certain way and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want that. Um, and I think when you're younger, you don't really know what to do with that emotion. You kind of think that that means that you want what they have, you want to be them and you'll never be them. So then 
it's just like a difficult emotion to digest. But I think as I've gotten older, I've realized that it's actually a really good telltale sign of what I want. Um, and I used to always see people, a couple of friends of mine didn't really drink at parties. Like they would come, say hi to everyone, have a drink and then go home. And I was always like, oh, I'm so jealous of them. You know, I, I, want to, I want to be doing what they're doing. And in the moment when you're younger, it doesn't click as like, well, then do it. Just do what they're doing. It's very easy to, to do that in your life. Um, I can easily go to a party, have a drink, and then head home. But in the time, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so jealous of what they're doing. Um, and then I was also jealous of people who I would see on the internet who were like, athletes and couldn't drink um because they you know it would affect their performance or I was jealous of people who like had these excuses not to drink I I admired them because I was like that's so cool I want to be like that I want to have a greater purpose that goes beyond this party and drinking tonight that means I have to you know that it's just an excuse for me to not drink I think I was just looking for excuses in any way possible to not drink um, and that was definitely my like my soul, my subconscious being like, this is this is not actually your truth. Like you're not living up to the person that you're meant to be by drinking every weekend heavily. Um, and so I think that that all accumulated on this decision. And on Christmas Eve in 2021, I was like, I'm just I'm just gonna say that I'm not gonna drink for a year and see how it goes. And I would have never expected it to turn out as well as it did. I think when I said to a few people and my, you know, close friends and family that I wasn't drinking, I know my family was like, all right, you know, like, you know, they don't really care that much. They're like, well, no, so that's that's not fair. They do care, but I think they were like, yeah, you know, we'll see how this goes. Um, and then my friends were you know who who do drink they were like okay like good on you you know give it a go see how it goes those first couple months were what I like to call what I've labeled for the sake of explaining this well is the sort of free fall period that I experienced um I think when you take away something that is such a major part of how you spend your free time and how you unwind and how you socialize you're going to have a bit of an identity crisis when you take when you suddenly take that away and I definitely did I remember at that point I was um I had just moved you know I'd been away from home all all my university years and I had moved home because I just finished finished um a period of living away from home um at a new job and I had sort of figuring out what the next step I was going to do with my life I think it coincided with the whole like you finish university you're unsure what to do with your life. Um, that coincided with me not drinking almost to the day. At the start, I struggled to have this like incentive or motivation to work hard during the weeks because I didn't have this like release or something to really look forward to. Um, I think when you're something, when you're when you go to parties and it's feeling of excitement and joy and whatever, and that sustains it sustains for the length of the party if you continue drinking. Um, and then I didn't have that to base around on the weekend. So I sort of, I spent a lot of time sitting at home by myself and that's not very, um, incentivizing to someone who's listening to this, but it's the reality is that I spent a lot of time sitting by myself at home for 
I would say about two months um, doing things like honestly I would go for like I was doing things that I did when I was like 15 and home for school holidays that's that's what I would compare it to I was a bit lost I was you know it was a free fall period for sure it was very um, isolating as well because I think no one else was sort of on the on the journey I don't want to yeah journey with quote marks for the people listening on the Spotify and Apple Music um I yeah I was super isolated because no one else was sort of on that journey no one else was eliminating alcohol no one else is not going to the parties on the weekend um and I didn't also expect anyone to but it's definitely isolating I didn't really see my friends because I didn't realize how much I relied on those social occasions to catch up with my friends um but I was basically confronted with the realities of my drinking that was so helpful I think now looking back um that time was so important to actually figuring out who I was and what I wanted to do now that I didn't drink on the weekends and now that I had just this abundance of time um and time to reflect on how my how my how I'd gotten to where I was how I'd like not invested any time in any hobbies or any interests outside of drinking and partying um and so I was kind of just like I'd made my bet now I was laying in it I think that's the right description for the mentality that I had at the time but then slowly after those few months things started to shift when you're put in an uncomfortable position you're going to make changes. I think I was so comfortable drinking every weekend and I was so comfortable going to parties and that was so familiar that I was never going to make the changes that I made in my life when I cut out drinking. I was never going to make those changes if I had kept drinking. There's there's no way. And I would never be where I am today if I had kept drinking because I would have never been incentivized by the discomfort that I felt and the isolation that I felt um, during those first couple months. And I would say maybe in the third month, um, you know, I don't think it was that clear. It was that linear, but I do think around three months into it, maybe two and a half months, things started to shift. I actually, I just, I discovered that it doesn't matter what it is that makes you happy. If it's not harming anyone, if it's not like, you know, beating up puppies or something. If it, other than that, if it makes you happy, then try it. Like it doesn't matter whether it's rational. It doesn't matter whether it's gonna it's it suits your age group. You know, there was a lot of things that I did during that time. I was painting. I was I started I literally bought a microphone and started speaking into the microphone and just thinking about how how I could be creative because I'd never allowed myself to be creative because I'd always just told myself I wasn't creative. And so that time was sort of me actually being able to figure out who I really was at that age. You know, I was 21, I think. Yeah, I started to sort of figure out what I was what I was into at that age and, um, yeah, sort of allowed myself to to try out new things. Another thing is that I didn't have these – you know, I, just because I stopped drinking doesn't mean I, I lost all my friends. Um, I think a few a few people in my life that I that were, that meant a lot to me, we drifted because um, drinking and alcohol was such a 
central point of our friendship that I, I, I didn't know it was until I stopped drinking. But that's natural. I mean, you make a significant change in your life. Some people are going to move with you and some people aren't. And that doesn't at all reflect on who they are or the quality of our friendship or the, you know, how genuine our friendship was. It's just life. You know, that just happens. You just have to let, you know, let that wave pass and let people go and, um, and just not take it too seriously. But, um, you know, the friendships that remained, I still had to like water them to, to, to continue with these friendships. I couldn't just like cut myself off from any social interaction because we, I wasn't drinking and they continued to drink. Um, I think if I drew a line in the sand, it was like, if I'm only friends with people who are also not drinking, I would have no friends. <laughs> and so I wasn't prepared to do that. And I've never really considered that. Um, <clears throat> and so I had to nurture these friendships and it took a lot extra work because when you meet and you catch up with everyone on the weekend um, multiple times and you like tick off all these boxes of like oh I saw her I saw her I saw her but now that I wasn't going to those events those social occasions I had to actually invest more time and effort into making these um, organizing these times and things to do with people outside of drinking um and that usually meant that I had to hang out with people on like a Sunday evening or a Saturday morning, you know, before they went and drank, um, before they went to a party or whatever. Um, and that also meant, you know, I would go for walks with my friends on, on Saturday mornings. And those was just like such high quality interactions that I had, which meant so much to me, especially when I, you know, they were my only social interactions other than my parents. Um but, and that was, that was really interesting at the start. I think, um, it's, it's intimidating. I think if anyone's who is socially anxious or anxious in any way, um, is like, okay, you can't now interact with people in this way. It has to be one-on-one, -on -one, no alcohol, you know, intimate hangouts. You're like, oh Jesus, you know, that's terrifying. Um, and it was for a bit, but then I was like, okay, these are my, these are my good friends. If I'm not willing to to get over my own personal anxiety to maintain these friendships in these, you know, new ways, in these new situations, then um, that's on me. I can't blame anyone for leaving my life if I'm not willing to maintain these friendships that mean a lot to me. <clears throat> and so I did. I started just messaging people, hey, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to get dinner? Do you want to get lunch? Do you want to get a coffee? Do you want to come over and we can watch a movie? Do you want to come over and we can make dinner? Um do you want to go to the gym together? Do you want to go shopping together? Um, do you want to, me and my friend, we painted mugs together. Like, you know, you, you start to, when you, t you start to just organize these times. It doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do with your friends. If they're your friends, you're going to enjoy yourself and they're going to be, it's going to, I also found that I was having these really great conversations with people. I was connecting with people more than I ever did on nights out. You know, I was, my friendships really, like, blossomed. <laughs> That's cringe. Blossomed because I was having these really meaningful interactions with people that, although I know that um, me not drinking is not, like, a terminal disease or something like that. It's not something that, um, you know, happened to me. It was a decision I made. I still thought that, people were going to be like, oh, like, no, I'm not hanging out with her anymore. Or, 
I really did think a lot people of I would lose a lot of friends. Um, and that was a real big fear that I had. And I know I verbalized that to a few of my friends and they were like, that's crazy. We would never um, do that. But I think that, you know, it probably goes back to the anxiety that you have when you're changed a significant part of myself um, or how I spent my time then. Naturally, people would be like, well, we signed up for this version of Laura and now she's this version. And I don't want to be friends with that version of Laura. And that's what was a big anxiety um, point for me. But, um, yeah, that, again, it's just, it was ira- it was an irrational fear. If you have quality friendships, they're not, people in your life, they're not going to leave just because you're doing something which arguably is significantly benefiting you. Yeah, after that few months, I and I think something that I will always remember is was a big turning point for me with my um, with my drinking because I did think that me not drinking and taking away that large part of my identity. You know, when I say drinking, I mean like the, the okay, don't cringe, but the party girl part of me. Yeah, that I just thought that people wouldn't people who were friends with me for that side of me wouldn't want to be friends with the, like, goes home at 10, you know, doesn't drink alcohol, likes deep, intimate conversations with her friends, like, that, you know, you wouldn't want to subscribe to that version of myself. But I know a big turning point was um, a friend of mine had a party and it was like, it was a ball. There was no doubt that I was going to go um, because... I think the only reason why I wouldn't have gone, if I didn't go, I would have just been um, punishing myself for no reason. You know, like I'm I'm not in the naughty corner because I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not in the naughty corner because I did drink. I'm, this is just a new, new thing that I do and I'm going to have to figure out how to live my life and enjoy it. Um, you know, I can't just keep being like, well, you don't drink anymore and so you don't get to go to see your friends at parties or whatever that would have been just me punishing myself unnecessarily and so I was definitely going to go to this party but I was so nervous because I know that everyone there would have been drinking it was up until then I was only going to like girl dinners or in social occasions that I knew I you know and those are still intimidating but the party itself a big a big ball was the most intimidating um but it would have been the the little things that I that I did in preparation for that ball, which would have helped me be in the right headspace to to go and enjoy myself and and not um, not just distance myself from from those sort of things that I used to really enjoy. I used to love going to parties, um, and so leading up to it, some of those like really little things that I did were, you know, I got an outfit that I knew I would feel super comfortable in, or I think I looked good. And beforehand, I invited, like, some of my, my closest friends over to just sort of get ready together so I would be in this headspace of, like, the point of parties is to go and, and hang out with your friends. It's not meant to be this, like, really scary thing. And I think what I'm speaking about right now is sort of the things I did to quell my anxiety and anxieties around it. Um, and possibly if you're not a super anxious person, this won't make any sense. But I know that that really helped me. Um, because 
Um, then when I went to the party, I had one of the like the best times I've had ever at a party. And I was dead sober the whole time. You know, I was I probably had to say about a million times why I wasn't drinking or um, explain to people why I wasn't drinking, which is totally fair enough. Um, you know, I'd probably ask someone if I saw them just drinking water and being sober at a at a ball. Um, but all in all, like, it was an amazing evening and I, I didn't feel like such a freak that I thought I was going to feel like. And it was a really positive experience. And after that, I started going to more and more um, parties or social occasions, more so social occasions or just going out with my friends on the weekend. And um, I think that made me – but then I, I could, you know, I could drive myself home at like 11 or 12 and have a great sleep and it didn't affect my my mental health as significantly as it used to when I drank. A – and what came from that is is branching out into going to parties and um, really pushing that boundary that I'd set for myself for the for the first months when I'd stopped drinking. I was like, "There's no way on earth I can go to parties um, sober," and I still get asked that. It's probably it's probably the number one thing that people ask me or, or talk to me about is how do you go to parties sober? Because I is that it's sort of like a social people refer to it as like a social muscle um, and from having from using alcohol as a crutch for so many years that social muscle that I had had completely atrophied like I I didn't have a social muscle at all I was so uncomfortable socially I would get sweaty I would get red I would shake I would have like neck spasms I would go to the bathroom and just freak out in there for like you know 20 minutes I would cling on to the people that I went to parties with to like you know comfort me and this is this is this is how I would behave in social situations where I didn't have alcohol to numb it and so then once I started going to parties you know that first one that I went to the ball that I spoke about earlier was the first time I'd gone to a, a big party sober and you it was insane I mean it was I'd gained this trust for myself and um, was able to regulate those thoughts that I had in social situations um, a lot better than I ever did when I used to, you know, when I sort of had that v- version of myself, the drunk version of myself to compare it to. You know, I would go to social situations, social events when I wasn't drinking um, and be like, well, on sa- on Sunday I was so outgoing. Um, and, I, you know, on Saturday, so- Saturday night I was so outgoing and, you, me and him had a great conversation and me and her, we got along really well and I was dancing and whatever. And then on Monday I'd see these same people and I'd be like, well, I'm so quiet. I'm nervous right now. I'm literally shaking and I'm sweating. And they're going to be like, well, who is this? Like that's, she's being so weird. She wasn't like that on Saturday. And so I had that version of myself to compare it to. And so then of course on Monday I was going to like, absolutely sack it because I was behaving that way and um, I didn't like that version of myself. In fact, I didn't associate that with myself at all because I I don't want to be like that. Like I know that that is my anxiety. That's not actually who I am um, and how I want my, how my friends see me or how I want my friends to see me. And so then when I was, when I was sober for those like three months, I could only ever, I could only develop my own sober personality 
and it started to sort of, if you were to view it on a graph, I didn't have these like spikes of um, outgoingness and, you know, and then I didn't have these massive troughs of, of shyness and, and social anxiety. It was, and it sort of, as time went on, those spikes and the troughs just mellowed out until it just became a little wave. And then it sort of, you know, of, of course I have a little wave now. I'm not consistently whatever, 24-7, I don't think anyone is and I don't think they should be, you know, there's a time and a place. But suddenly my view of myself and my my the way I behaved was actually became more in line with how I want myself to behave, how I, how I, how I view myself, um, how I, you know, view myself, what my identity is. It was more, um, consistent and I was more consistently myself, which ultimately made me have a lot more trust in myself. You know, I trusted myself in social situations not to behave erratically for attention or I I trusted myself to not like withdraw and become super anxious and shaky and scared um I kind of trusted that I would be able to read the situation and I was just more confident in myself basically I was I knew that I could handle these social situations it was a really positive experience and then once you go to a party and once you experience a social situation um and you're really confident in yourself um and you're consistently confident in yourself then that's one exa- that's one experience in your in your backpack like that's one experience that you can look back on then when you go to the next party and you look back and you're like well I did that once I I went to this party and I was myself and I was happy with myself um and so then the next time you can do it again because you know that you've already done it and it's that trust and that faith that you develop in yourself I developed a healthy self-esteem because I was confident in the way I was acting I knew I was being consistently myself and I trusted myself quite a lot in social situations and that's something that I never had I never trusted myself socially I was always had to rely on other people I had to rely on alcohol um, in order to get me through those social situations and so that was I mean that's why that's one of the reasons why I think when when Um, And I'll speak about this more, I think, when people ask me whether I'm going to drink again. I think it would be be, um, doing a disservice to myself if I were to drink again, considering how positive the changes are that I've experienced and how my anxiety socially, granted I still get anxious socially, I've been anxious, I was anxious, you know, before coming here because, you know, I'm filming it and whatever, but I want to talk about some of the things that I discovered about myself through the process of cutting out alcohol. Um, and I think that, although this that sounds super personal, I think that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to these things because I think that whether it's subconscious or not, this is why we behave the way we do. For example, the first one is that I love connection. Um, I was thinking about it the other day about how parties or like bars and pubs and clubs are actually so cute when you think about the idea that it's just a bunch of humans who want to meet other humans who want to interact with other humans um that they've never they know they've never met these people before but they want to meet these people they want to interact they want to experience that like 
room full of other humans who are also enjoying them themselves and um, dancing and having fun and whatever. And I think at the essence of that, that's what parties and clubs and bars and whatever are about. And that's why that's why I um, once I got comfortable going out, I I still regularly go out um, with my friends because at the core of it, like I just love seeing other people. I love connecting with other people. Um, and I never knew that I was like that. You know, that doesn't like someone who's socially anxious, surely that's their worst nightmare. It's like going to a room full of people. Um, but I actually discovered that it was something that I'm so passionate about. I mean, I created the podcast because I'd go to parties and I'd sit with people and we'd have these like really interesting, enjoyable conversations. I would connect with people that I would have never otherwise connected with. People, um, you know, it's, it's, it can be embarrassing when you've, when you've overshared, but personally, I think I benefit from that because I love when people talk to me about, you know, what makes them, what's their biggest dream in life or something really difficult that they've been through or something that they're navigating at the current moment or, the way they feel about someone else or when people I love when I have conversations with people about that and that alcohol does facilitate facilitate a lot of these conversations because your walls come down and so that's why I'm not super against alcohol I appreciate that it has its place in society and it's never going to go and so um, that's why I don't expect anyone to follow the same um, do what I've done or you know if you do that's amazing I hope you have the same experience um, but I do understand that I still benefit from people drinking um, in that sense that, you know, maybe often if I sit down with Sally, who's also su- super socially anxious, um, and we can have a great conversation and maybe she talks to me about things that she would have never otherwise opened up to someone about um, due to her anxieties, then I've benefited from her drinking alcohol. And so I, I do appreciate that, that I still benefit from other people drinking Um and like when people are dancing together and people sort of lose their inhibitions and just dance and aren't conscious of how everyone's watching them, I benefit from that because I'm also dancing with them. And um, productivity, I used to be super, I think I was super productive during the week and then it would it would die out over the weekends because I was drinking. Um, and then I would sort of have this like big high point and then I'd have a crash and then I have a high point Monday to Friday and then I have a crash. Um, and I think that what I realize is that productivity to me is another source of where I get all my self-esteem. Um, when I'm productive, I feel really confident in myself. When I'm provi- producing really good work that I'm proud of, then I'm then I have a really healthy self-esteem. When I was drinking and just wasting a lot of my time... Um, either drinking or recovering from a night out and then I wasn't productive and it didn't it really really destroyed my self-esteem um and another thing is that I remember telling someone that I only ever feel like I can truly relax when I'm hungover you know I used to view that's that that goes hand in hand with the whole productivity during the week and then the crash on the weekends is that I I needed that um crash on the weekends to recover to be able to maintain the the high intensity like stressful weeks that I was putting on myself but now that I sort of 
um, you know, my weekends is some of my pro- most productive times. You know, I film my podcast, I record the podcast on weekends. I think the main thing, if I would have, if I would have summarized the biggest benefit that I've attained from not drinking and not drinking, but the effects of not drinking and how it's made me confront my behavior and um, what's valuable to me is the fact that I now have this peace of mind that I have sort of continuity in my personality. Like I'm not, um, I'm not super like work hard, nothing else really matters during the week. And then I'm, you know, get drunk um, and then be unproductive on the weekends. Like I'm, I'm continuously behaving in a way that I'm proud of. Um, No, as soon as I said that, I was like, that's such a lie. Like I obviously do things that I'm not proud of, but, or like I've still embarrassed myself. I'm not like, you know, Jesus Christ now that I've stopped drinking. But um, now that I have a lot more continuity in my personality, I know that the person that you meet, the, the version of Laura that you meet on a Wednesday is going to be very similar to the Laura that you meet on a Saturday evening or a Saturday midday or a Sunday morning. You know, I'm not going to be two completely different versions of myself. Um, and I think that goes back to the self-esteem when you have continuity in your personality and you're consistently putting forward a version of yourself that you're actually kind of proud of, then of course your self-esteem is going to, um, increase. Um, and I think you're, you're probably going to be a better friend. Um, I hope, I mean, personally, I think I am a better friend now that I don't drink than when I did. Um, I hope my friends feel that way. The reality of not drinking, I think, when you, especially if you're a guy, um, alcohol, maybe having a having a beer is synonymous with, like, having a conversation with a mate or, like, catching up with someone. You know, a beer is quite a central part, and I think if you were to not drink in the social situations, you're probably inviting, and you, I'm not going to lie to you, you do invite questions. When you're not drinking in a social situation, you do invite questions from people and you might not want to deal with those questions at the time. It's You don't have to, you, you don't actually have to disclose these personal things to, to a stranger or someone that you're not in close with or intimately linked to. You don't have, you actually have to tell them those things. You don't have to waste your time. You can just come up with a short thing like I'm not drinking at the moment because I have training or I'm not drinking because I don't feel so good or whatever you know you can lie in those situations no one's gonna hold a gun to your head and tell you to tell the truth you can just lie in those situations or you can drink a zero percent beer or something like that like whatever you do to get you through that social situation um when you ultimately know that maybe if you because I've I've done that I've wasted my time trying to explain to someone the ins and outs of why I'm not drinking and the intimate details of why I'm not drinking um in reality it was just a a knee-jerk question that they asked they were like oh why are you not drinking and I was like okay here 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 suddenly I'm going to launch into a 20-minute rant on why I'm not drinking when they really don't care they were just like wondering um and other times you have people who are really interested in why you're not drinking and possibly because they want to they're interested in in pursuing that themselves and I think that's a really nice opportunity to have a great conversation with someone um, that's going to be really beneficial that's sort of what my experience was I hope that you know take what you want leave what you don't from this conversation I think I've wanted to 
do this for a while now. It's taken me a few times to actually sit down and be able to do it. Being so vulnerable about something that was so um, personal, an experience that was so personal to me, um, has been the most difficult part about sitting down and doing this podcast episode. But I know that this is what I would have wanted to hear if it was February 2022. I wouldn't. I would have wanted to hear someone be like, "Yeah, it may feel like you've um, cut out. You've lost a big." part of yourself a big identity that you had with yourself you know that like party girl version or you feel like you're you just life's going to be really serious and boring now or or that people are going to look at you and think you're strange or really boring or you know a bit of a loser because you don't drink and go out and whatever um I would have wanted someone to be like it's going to be okay you're you're going to be fine you're going to be a lot happier now that you do this than you were when you weren't and I think it's going to open up it opens up a lot of doors I would have never been where I am today if I had continued to drink and I would have never been on the trajectory yeah I would have never been on this trajectory yeah yeah you understand what I'm saying I would have never been on that path if I'd continue drinking because I never would have been faced with um, some serious deficiencies in my life that I've now addressed and I'm a lot happier for. So thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate um, if you've made it to the end of this. I really appreciate it. I hope that you've really enjoyed this conversation. If you're watching this on social media, on TikTok, Instagram, um yeah tiktok instagram youtube what your friends know um and then on spotify and apple music and amazon music it's what your friends know this has been the first solo episode they won't all be solo episodes from here on in trust me on that this is freaky i much prefer being in the interview seat um interviewing a guest i've got really exciting guests coming on this year and i'm really excited for you guys to hear those conversations It means a lot to me if you've listened this far and if you're supporting and sharing it to your friends. That really means the world to me. I hope that this finds you in the way I intend it to. Yeah, hope you really enjoyed. Thanks. Mm